It is Thursday, the 7th day of October, 2021, and it's just another day in America. Uh, another school shooting, this one in Texas. Uh, the Patriots do something that's apparently a big surprise. Mitch McConnell is a cock. Urban Meyer is a fraud. And the Yankees lost. All fairly standard, everyday things in the good old U.S. of A. But there is something new and different, and that's that the Zodiac Killer has been uh, solved. The case of the Zodiac Killer has been solved, but, but also not new. Uh, your podcast host not having the fucking ability to speak. Anyways, yeah, the Zodiac Killer uh, seems uh, decades and... Uh, decades of police work uh, were no match for a group of volunteer, uh, retired law enforcement types uh, ingeniously calling themselves the Code Breakers. And they've said that they've identified a fellow by the name of Gary Post. How they came across Mr. Post isn't laid out very well, uh, as he only has one arrest on his record. And that was something in 2016 when he was uh, approaching 80. Uh, and the, the cops in that particular town in California let him go. So uh, he had a scar on his forehead that matched a forensic sketch from the late 60s. I, I, I mean, like, of all the things to point out. I just don't get it. Like a bunch of the other evidence, quote unquote, was all these random connections that some, you know, and they somehow had access to this guy's dark room. Like apparently he had a dark room. Why do you have a dark room? It's not explained in the article, uh, which, you know, comes from Fox News. So kind of gives you an idea of how much investigative work went into this thing. Um, but I mean, somehow they've, they've deemed Mr. Gary Post uh, the notorious serial killer. Uh, I, for one, hope so because I, I, but I'd be, I'd be pretty pissed off after all these years, and all they had to do was look at a guy's fucking forehead to figure out who it was. Uh, not to mention the fact that uh, Gary himself has been dead since 2018, so it's not like the guy's going to fucking sue for defamation or anything. But all that and more on episode number 93, the Richard Seymour episode. This one. A no-brainer, even though we're getting into the high numbers here on the hashtag road to 100. 93 is an easy one. Uh, Seymour was a beast for the Pats for eight years. Played four more in Oakland after one of those Patriot surprises uh, when he was traded to Oakland. Overall, three-time Super Bowl champ, seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, three-time uh, first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro part of the NFL 2000s All-Decade team and should absolutely be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Lock it in. Make it happen. Let's fucking go. That's all right here, right now, on Complaints and Observations. Still the most less-than-average podcast on the internet with a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. Continuing Odyssey into mediocrity, guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. 
This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? All right, welcome to the show. Uh, please uh, ignore the email sound that you heard in the middle or, or, of the uh, the opening segment. Uh, this microphone I have fucking picks up everything. $25 microphone, and it picks up fucking literally everything. I mean, the, the work computer sitting right here. It's after 5 o'clock, so I'm not expecting emails. Sure enough, what comes through an email and it dings. So my apologies, not that, not that you care, but you know, I'm terribly, terribly sorry. Um, what's up? How we doing? Good. Good. All, all five of you. I'm up to five listeners now. Um, big thank you uh, to friend of the show Donnie Washburn, who friend of his is now a full-fledged listener of the program. I wish I could remember your name, but I can't because I'm an idiot. Um, hopefully, you, you continue to listen to the show after that uh, wonderful welcome. <laughs> uh, anyway, so last night, uh, our fair uh, ball club, the Boston Red Sox, uh, pulled it off. Uh, in game number 163, the fake playoff, uh, to uh, they, they won the game and have advanced to the real playoffs. Uh, so very exciting. Uh, Garrett Cole stinks. Garrett Cole, sorry. Uh, he stinks. You take Pine Tower away from him, and he stinks. But good news, the Yankees still owe him $36 million a year for the next, I think, five seasons, maybe six so sound investment, Bronx Bombers, nicely done. I was dead wrong about this club, and I've said it a thousand times. Uh, happy to be so, um, but, you know, pissed entirely throughout the season. Mainly because, look, there's talent there, and they should have been uh, helped out. More should have been done at the deadline, post-deadline, to help them out. And they started scrambling, scratching for bodies that might help. Travis Shaw, Jose Iglesias. They both worked out, especially Iglesias. Holy fuck. That guy was nails for a month. I, I venture a guess that without Jose Iglesias, they don't get to last night's game. That's how important he was. And unfortunately, he can't play in the playoffs. So, going to be interesting to see how they do it against the Rays. I think they lose. So, you know, they're playing with house money, if you ask me. The problem is you're going to have people in this town that think it's a big fucking achievement that they made the Divisional Series when they were running away with the Division for the first three months of the season. Whatever. It's neither here nor there. Um, <clears throat> the Yankees, and again, same thing. I was dead wrong about that club. I thought they were going to be terrific. They were not. My assumption is that most folks in New York are going to blame the manager. I don't really think that's the problem. I think the problem is upstairs, the front office. 
the bullpen had a really bad couple of months there and picked it up towards the end of the season. But they need pitching, and they need I, – I don't want to say an injection of youth because, again, I'm, I'm not intimately familiar with the details of their club. Uh, the amount of baseball I watch over the, over the years has, has reduced – so I'm not intimately familiar with with the roster and you know their minor league system, but when you have a 38 year old center fielder, I would imagine that's probably not the best move. Uh, hopefully Brett Gardner can retire because I'm tired of his ugly bald head. The fun part, though, the New York Post, which is always good for for a laugh or 12, uh, put out an article uh, yesterday, which was uh, Tuesday for the uninitiated here. First time listener, maybe if you are, hey, thanks. Uh, it'll probably be your last time, but thanks anyway. Uh, they put it on a, a, a front page. Boston sucks with some, you know, dumb broad with a peace sign or some shit. I don't know. I saw, I, I saw it and it was like, okay, great. You know, this is not the post's best work. Typically the, uh, you know, the folks that, that write the headlines are, are, or witty and clever, but, you know, maybe their regular guy was off for the week. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, but it wasn't good. It was just kind of hacky, if you will. And when it comes to hackery, the New York Post is usually a number one in that department. But essentially, it was a, just a dumb list of reasons why Boston sucks. It's like, fucking, how old are you, New York Post? 220 years old? You know, you'd think you'd be better than this by now. But basically, it was... You know, uh, incapable of making a good pizza. All right, fine. You, clearly, you've never been to Poopsies. Clearly, you've never been to the Linwood. So fuck off. It's just different kind of pizza. Uh, you know, they use the word wicked. Oh, fuck off, Jesus Christ. The accent. The people with the accent. Okay? As if that's something that we can control. Uh, we're not all uh, newscasters with you know, non-regional dialects. Uh, Bill de Blasio joke. Is if, you know, what are they talking about? Mark effing Wahlberg, John effing Kerry, Tom effing Brady. I mean, really? What, what are we doing here with that? Knock it off. John effing Kerry. They add John Kerry in there because, you know, the post is owned by the fucking Murdochs, so... John Kerry is a bad guy. Um, you know, the nickname of, of New York City, Gotham, Big Apple, the city that never sleeps. And then it just says, them, Beantown. Oh, well, then. I mean, that must, that must really mean the city sucks because the nicknames are terrible. Nobody in Boston refers to Boston as Beantown. No one. There are a handful of legitimate gripes here. Um, happy hour being illegal is one of them. Uh, shit closing at 10 o'clock is another one. Um, uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, that whole series of beer, beer commercials about how obnoxious Bostonians are. Correct. That is correct. Uh, Faneuil Hall, the world's worst and most overrated food court. 
Okay, that's uh, that's not correct. Faneuil Hall is not the food court. Quincy Market is the food court. So whoever is fact-checking this fucking rag of a newspaper, fucked up. Uh, but Quincy Market, yeah, an overrated food court. I'll give you that. Uh, New York rap is better. They list Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch as the only Boston rapper. It's like, okay, so again... Uh, another foul on, on their part. Um, you know, then they put at the end, they would all move here if they could. All? Probably not. Some? Probably. And I would imagine it's vice versa. Because I hate to break it to you, you know, it costs about the same, New York Post. But the funny part is they, you know, it, it doesn't have an author. There's no one person. Okay, this opinion piece, Boston sucks, and these reasons, these are all the reasons why, by all New Yorkers. Really? All New Yorkers. And then it closes with an ad to buy the Boston sucks t-shirt at the New York Post store. <laughs> what the fuck? What a, what, a, what a lazy, stupid piece of crap. That got a ton of fucking attention. Here's the kicker, right? Let's say, I don't know, let's find an equally tabloidy rag, the Boston Herald. If they if they printed something that said New York sucks and, and did the same thing, it would be it would probably be ten times worse than what this was. Because, you know. Anytime someone tries to copy something shitty, it it's shittier. So there you go. I just, I needed to talk about that. It was pointed out by my buddy Isaac. He said, you know, read the article. And uh, I did. And it was awful. <laughs> it was fucking terrible. But a uh, handful of things to talk about. I was supposed to have a guest um, for the show. Uh, actually, we were supposed to record tonight as opposed to last night, which is usually recording night. Uh, that guest has bailed out and is not, as of yet, rescheduled. Kind of a bummer. You know, I, I like interviews, and when I do interviews, it, it gets, uh, you know, better ratings. Uh, it goes from like five to seven uh, listeners, so, you know, it's a huge bump. And it was on a good run for a little while with having people on the show, but <clears throat> lately, for some reason, any time I'm asking, I mean, we're not talking like famous people or, or what I would assume to be very busy people, but people, people that do some interesting things or things that I find interesting. Uh, hey, you know, want to come on the show and talk about it? You know, not a, and I'm honest. I'm like, look, it's not a, not a great podcast, not a big podcast, not a popular podcast, but it's a podcast nonetheless. And I do have a handful, literally, of listeners. So whatever it is that you want to pitch, it'd be pretty cool if you can, you know, come on and pitch it. But, uh, yeah, a lot of no's. And, and no's, they're not worse. I mean, obviously, when you get a no, you know. It's like, all right, whatever. Um, but, I mean, personally, I think being ignored is, is, is far more uh, preferable than just a flat-out no. I don't know. So, and uh, without a guess, I'm going to bore you 
uh, with a handful of things. I do have a couple of voicemails. I have a movie review, so I'm pumped about that. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's get to it. So I was on the uh, Twitter machine, as I am uh, want to do, and I stumbled across. <clears throat> sorry, geez, stumbled across a uh, a tweet, of course, because it's Twitter, uh, from a guy uh, who is based in Texas. Texas, yeah, Texas. And he has a podcast of his own called South Lake, which is uh, ostensibly about South Lake, Texas, which is a somewhat affluent uh, community in Texas and all of the, um, you know, variety of nonsense that goes on within the town. Uh, and he pointed out in his tweet at the school board there, uh, had voted to reprimand a fourth grade teacher for having a copy of a book called This Is Anti-Racist. This book is anti-racist. Wow, I am a fucking idiot. Good Lord. The name of the book is, quote, This Book is Anti-Racist, end quote, by Tiffany Jewell in her class. Uh, she did not read from the book. It was just in her classroom. Uh, and apparently it was part of a, a bunch of books that students could bring home. Well, one student brought it home, and her parents complained that it violated their, quote, morals and faith, end quote. And this got me thinking uh, again. The thing that I have yet to, to understand about Christian conservatives and, you know, these, uh, you know, churchy types and folks that, that love to throw the Bible in your face there's always a there's always a reason, you know what I mean? They always have an excuse for what it is that they're complaining about. And so the big thing right now is obviously uh, critical race theory, which is a uh, a law school slash college level um, curriculum, not curriculum, but you know it's a class basically. It's a college level class, law school class that basically talks about um, the history of law and and whether it's inherently racist. Not inherently, but uh, looks at the racial bias of law. Yet, it's uh, it's been grabbed a hold of by these folks that, that just, instead of just coming out and saying that they don't like black people, they like to say that it messes with history, which I find, you know, kind of amusing because obviously they don't know anything about history. And it sort of ties into their thinking that, you know, their faith, their morals and faith in this particular instance is if, and the question I have is, are Christian conservatives at all aware that it's, it's more than likely, in fact, almost a certainty that no one in the Bible is white? To think that Jesus Christ was some sort of white European is just dumb. And the fact that he's portrayed as such is always fucking stupid. Because, I mean, how many pictures of Jesus do you see actually show, uh, you know, a tan or a darker colored person? Like, it was the Middle East, for fuck's sake. Egypt and Israel. There aren't, there aren't too many pale folks um, in those two respective uh, nations. 
But the collective hangups on race are, are just so stupid, and they use the Bible as a crutch, even though there's no mention of the ethnicity of, say, Adam and Eve in the Bible. Genesis 1.27 says, quote, So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. End quote. Any singular concept of man being white is foolish. And if you think that, you know, God, Jesus, the, the, the apostles, the disciples, and anyone else related to the fucking book is white is is simply your own bias that, that's a built-in bias and you were somebody at one point told you or showed you that that was the case so you know you have these christian folks that are that are hanging on to this and, and uh using it as a crutch and i just don't understand it it's, a, it's as if you know presented with any sort of um you know facts they just shout it down and say no. And it, it that sort of got me thinking about another thing, which is kind of related but not really related. And how podcasts are there mostly to confirm your own biases and offer a false sense of community. Now, they're not, you know, exactly the same. They're not related in some way. But you could almost call religion and fanaticism, podcast fanaticism, not quite one of the same, but pretty close. For example, anytime something happens with Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan fans are right up front to defend the man and, and very loud and vocal about it. And I think the same thing happens when it comes to anyone shitting on, say, on the Bible or religion or conservatives in general. The community rises up, defends their prophet or their hero. In this case, one is Jesus Christ, another is Ronald Reagan, another is five foot one inch Joe Rogan. But they've all sort of figured out how to tap into the potential emotional response of the listeners and followers and spoon feed them what it is that they want to hear in order to raise their stature. My note on this contains a a completely innocuous sort of example and something that doesn't really have anything to do with it. (laughs) It has something to do with cannibalism. I don't know why that popped into my head, and I don't know why I wrote it down, but I wrote that down. It doesn't make a ton of sense. I might have been high. Who knows? But it's weird, and it just kind of, it's funny the way that it works. And I'd mentioned European soccer not too long ago, and the way that they fucking beat the piss out of each other. Like hooliganism, and the way that fans of respective sides uh, are so just ensconced in that fandom. That they feel the need to throw shit and punch people because that other person happens to be a fan of another club. I don't think there are like Howard Stern versus Joe Rogan street fights in New York City. I highly doubt that's the case. If it would, it'd be probably pretty entertaining. 
but I don't think that's, you know, it's not exactly the same. I, I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, but I think you might be getting my point. At least I hope you're getting your, my point. It's that the, it's, it's dangerous to sort of fall into that. It's very, very dangerous. Because if you start just sort of following one way of thinking, it's all, it, it's going to be, you're only going to be going for that singular point of view. You, you're going to subconsciously seek out that all the time. Even if, even if you try hard not to, you know, you sort of end up in that same place. And look, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I like to think that, you know, I'm a bit more open-minded, but you know, uh, I, I tend to think of myself as a bit of a, uh, and I think I mentioned this before when I was talking about AOC being, you know, as far left as you can get, where I'm not as far left as she is, but I'm not as far right as, I don't know, Ben fucking Shapiro. And I don't really think I'm a centrist either. I think I'm more of a, like, center left, if you will. But it's very dangerous. And I think that's part of the problem with what we have going on here in the country where we're so divided is that there's no open-minded and everyone is really just seeking out one point of view. And they're only seeking, and, and even if they don't mean to do it, subconsciously, they're just drawn to that singular point of view. So, you know, you have religions aren't willing to bend when it comes to other people's beliefs, other religions, if you will. And it, so it's only one way. It's it's this way and that's it. So going back to this, my initial example of, of the classroom in Texas, you have this, this fourth grade teacher who has this book in her room, which I don't, I'm not familiar with the book, never read it. So I don't know what there is to it, but that's not even the point of the of the argument within the school board. Because there's nothing that says that the parent of the fourth grader sat and read the book to see what it was about. It was just that the kid had brought it home. And they didn't like the fact that it didn't jive with, with their um, morals and faith, whatever the fuck that is, whatever that means. The name of the book is this book is anti-racist. And somehow that didn't fly with this kid's parents. Why? Because of their morals and faith. Because they refuse to sort of look outside of their own little bubble to see what's going on. And it's a massive issue. Massive issue. And it's fucking stupid to boot. And that's that's my big thing, is it's it's just dumb. And the only thing that, like in this particular instance, the only ones getting hurt are the kids. Imagine you're that fucking fourth grade girl, and and this is what happens: that your parents are causing all this problem. And you know, you know, the parents are feeding this kid like all kinds of shit about how, you know, this book is bad. We're not racist, and this, that, and the other thing. Okay, well, if you're not racist, why would you hate a book called "This Book Is Anti-Racist"? Puzzling is probably the best way to put it. That popped into my head the other day. And then this, well, the, the Christian conservatives popped into my head the other day. And 
then this example from from Wednesday is something that sort of, I don't know, led me down a different road and a long and winding and meandering and rambling road. And the funny part is like this, I mean, what's my overall point? I guess my overall point is like, keep an open mind. Don't be so fucking, you know, you need to grow. It's the good thing about getting old is is wisdom. You learn shit. You know more than than other people as you age. It's a plus. It's a benefit. It's great. It's the best part. It's the only good part about getting old. Is that you can learn. You should be learning every day. And in this particular case, the parents of that fourth grader should learn that you can't be fucking racist based on the fucking Bible. Because it's probably bullshit. All right, let's get back to some dumb shit, shall we? It's like the only thing I do okay is dumb shit. Uh, the other night, 60 Minutes, I uh, had an interview with the Facebook whistleblower. I don't remember her name. I didn't write it down. Boy, I'm so bad at this. The story itself was very interesting, and it was not entirely surprising, but the depth of which... Uh, it went into was a bit surprising where the algorithm uh, for Facebook and Instagram is kind of shitty and it uh, causes way, way, way more problems than it's worth. The example they used of, you know, uh, Facebook sort of, uh, you know, planting seeds or, or um, you know, uh, being one of the big causes of a um, an insurrection in Myanmar, a coup. Myanmar, also known as Burma, for the uninitiated, geographically uninitiated. <laughs> Great band name. Oh, that's a good one. Geographically uninitiated. Whew. Oh, that is nice. I got to write that one down. Hold on. Don't go nowhere. Let's close this. I mean, I think it's a good name. I mean, you know, some people may not. It's no cold meat jelly, but what can you do? Uh, Geographically uninitiated. There we go. Oh, that's a good one. Got a bunch of them, man. That's good. Uh, but more or less, you know, it was like, hey, Facebook sucks. It's not good for young girls, not good for young people in general. Uh, and, and the Russians have manipulated the fuck out of it. And basically, Facebook is the cause for a, a vast, vast, vast majority of uh, of all the bullshit information that's floating around about any number of different subjects, chief among them COVID-19, the vaccines, uh, you know, the January 6th bullshit, you name it. You name like a, 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 a shitty event or a problem in this country right now, and, and Facebook is not doing anything to prevent bullshit info from spreading around about it. Why? Well, because they want to make money, and it, it's any way that they can make money, they're going to do it. So if they can get clicks to various uh, websites that'll, you know, pay for that, that those kind of advertisements, so be it. Um, you know, and if, if somebody is posting about 
cannibalism. See, I can use the cannibalism example here. This this for this works now. Let's say someone is typing something in their Facebook. Boy, cannibalism, huh? Weird. Well, next thing you know, this person is going to get uh, all kinds of suggestions for uh, Facebook groups uh, about cannibalism. They're going to get ads for cannibalism. And, and like, you know, before long, they're going to say, boy, I wonder if cannibalism is all right. And they start getting deeper and deeper into it. Next thing you know, shit, eating people, it, it sounds awesome. You know? Boy, cannibalism, eh? And it could offer, you could start getting all kinds of other misinformation about cannibalism. Like, studies have shown that human flesh is packed with protein, but could ultimately lead to heart disease. Okay. And next thing you know, that person has a person in their freezer. So it's very strange, and the algorithm is kind of fucked up, and it's not very helpful. Uh, for some reason, Instagram seems to think that my show page uh, is a life coach because I keep getting ads um, and uh, requests from other life coaches or services that will, uh, you know, spread the message about being a life coach. And I, I think I made fun of life coaches one time weeks ago. And, uh, you know, the algorithm has latched onto that with both hands. And now is saying, you're a life coach. Complaints pod account. Okay, whatever. But it was very odd how Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp all went down on Monday. And they went down for, what was it, like six hours? Six hours plus? What an odd uh, fucking uh, coincidence. I almost said odd convenience. That doesn't make sense. What an odd coincidence, right? I mean, what the fuck were they doing? Some back-end bullshit to try to fix this or fix that or, or whatever, and then, you know, manipulating the algorithm to, to not look so bad in case somebody decided to get into it and do a little looking around, a little looky-loo. I end every show... Part of my ending says is fuck Facebook and it's, it just makes it that much more apt. Uh, The funny part about it is this whistleblower provided Congress with, uh, quote, reams, end quote, of material. Reams. Like when that word comes out, you're like, holy fuck, that's a lot of paper. That is a lot of paper. That must have been. Ink on ink on ink. Changing ink all, all over the place. You ever try to change the ink on like a... Uh, like a giant Konica printer? It is a fucking mess. Back in the day, yours truly had a gigantic fucking Konica Minolta uh, printer in his apartment for the job that I had. And boy... Did that suck when the fucking ink went? Ugh, it's like this dry black shit, and it's like so light. And you pull the when you pull the cartridge out, it just fucking gets everywhere. It's disgusting. Okay, I hope they've improved that. That was about ten years ago. I hope they've hope the technology's improved. That thing weighed a metric ton. It took three guys to get it in and out of my apartment in Quincy. 
which was the staircase was not uh, conducive to, to such things. When I moved out of there, we had to put the mattress in the box spring through the fucking, <laughs> through the second floor window. <laughs> uh, anyways, I got off track. I was talking about cannibalism and then I was talking about fucking Konica Minolta printers. But seriously, fuck Facebook. If you're on Facebook, fine. Okay, I don't have an issue with you being on Facebook. If that's what you want to do, that's that's cool, whatever. But find another outlet. You know, do use something else. Twitter is a cesspool, but it's not, you know, at least it's somewhat more, uh, you know, I don't want to say regulated. That's the wrong word, but it's just a little bit better. That's all. In, in my entirely biased opinion. It's just that, uh, you know, you, you know what Facebook is. Zuckerberg got in front of Congress and fucking lied his face off. And quite frankly, he should be in fucking cuffs by now. But that ain't happening. Um, but fuck, I mean, what, what are we doing? Good Lord. Just a, just a fucking stupid. And that's it's just poisoning people's minds. And, it, it, and when all of your information comes from Facebook or Facebook provided links or links that you find on Facebook, you're fucked. You're, you're just plain fucked. Your mind is gone. It's warped. Forget it. That's it. Movie trailer review. I'm too lazy to watch the feature. Movie trailer review. It's standard operating procedure. Movie trailer review. APD puts in time. Movie trailer review. By our powers combined. Movie trailer review. It is time, the re, the grand return of everyone's favorite segment, movie trailer reviews, with AP Dave. Uh, Dave apologized uh, earlier this week for um, for not putting in any work, and I. While I agree, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, it's a joke. Uh, Dave has done way too much for this fucking stupid show, as it is, uh, especially being one of the five listeners, um, and not only that, but he being the associate producer of the program, you know, he's done quite a bit. So, he came to me with a, with a review. It's for a program. It's it's not for a, a movie, but uh, it's the hot one. And I think I mentioned it last week. I may have. I'm not entirely certain, but I think I did. Squid Game on Netflix. He says, quote, I've been awful lately, but here is a special review. Squid Game on Netflix, 9.7 out of 10. Only reason not a 10 is I can't decide if I loved or hated the end. I also can't stop thinking about the show. Knew nothing going in, had no expectations, but it might be a top 10 show of all time for me. The mystery, I'm sorry, the music, story, acting, mystery, horror, shock, everything about the show was a masterpiece. It's about to become Netflix's most watched show of all time, and for good reason. Is It is an absolute roller coaster of a show. And impossible to stop watching. 
I don't want to give too much away, but it's like a combo of Hunger Games meets Parasite. Masterpiece. I just finished it and literally about to run it back. Also, go Yanks, end quote. Well, he nailed the ending there. So nicely done, Dave. Go Yanks, right? So uh, Squid Game on Netflix. And I think I'd mentioned, yeah, I did talk about it, the Korean show. Uh, subtitled program. Uh, kind of fucked up. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Watch the trailer because I need to see what, what this was about. 460, uh, 456 people uh, down on their luck. And apparently they have uh, insurmountable debts. And they are chosen by uh, this mysterious group of masked people. They all look like they could be on the masked singer. That's a that's a tough word to say, huh? Masked. It's a lot of masked. I don't like it. Um, you know, and chaos ensues. People die. They do a bunch of kids' games, and you know, the very first thing is red light, green light, and if you move, you get fucking shot. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. And basically, you know, it just preys on people's desperations and. Uh, you know, my guess is that's the story. And eventually, uh, one person is the winner, at least theoretically, that's probably how the game is supposed to be played. One person wins. I don't know anything about the ending. Uh, makes me wonder how it ends because Dave, uh, gave it only a 9.7, which is like, I mean, that's, that's crazy. It's recency bias, but that's okay. Um, I mean, this is probably not something that I would watch. Um, I My anxiety can't deal with, with programs like that. So I know that, again, uh, being incredibly self-aware, I'm going to deny myself Squid Game because I know that my heart will not be able to handle it. Like suspense and thriller and all that shit, just can't do it. Just doesn't work for me. I don't know why. Um, but I can see the appeal. I can see why people would like it. You know, there's a lot going on here. And so I, I you know, I get why um, it's successful, a hit, if you will. Uh, Dave called it a masterpiece twice. Used the word masterpiece twice. So, yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen Squid Game, and at this point, I'm probably the only one who hasn't. I don't see my wife watching it, but she might. Who knows? And she she occasionally gets uh, caught up in in these kinds of things. Uh, she watched a show recently, uh, blew through eight episodes of a show starring um, Vince from Entourage. So I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, thank you as always, Dave. Love that. Um, looking forward to maybe you want to do like a. Uh, another review after you watch it again? I don't know. That might be a little much, but um, yeah, looking forward to that. So movie trailer reviews. Love it. Thank you. So I said I had uh, some voicemails. I do. Very excited. Love voicemails. Really wish I could get more. 617-657-4736. 617-657-4736. I know you have something to complain about. Everybody does. It's just part of being a human being. It doesn't have to, you know, 
Complaining's fine. It's not the biggest. It's not. It's not. It's not. You know, the end of the world. It doesn't have to be a complaint. It could. It could be an observation that you make, and you just need to let it out. It's confession. Call the show. Leave a voicemail. Uh, and and I'll talk about it. So, got a couple here. Very exciting. Dave Banksley here. This is tough, man. I just listened to your post analysis. You're spot on. We need Dante back. The defensive line just doesn't can't function. And McDaniel's, I would probably shoot him on sight if he tried to get on my property. He is a bag of fucking cunt hair. I hate him. And I hate our coaching right now. And why the fuck do you not trust Mac? Why are you kicking a field goal 54 yards in a pouring storm? and give him Brady a minute. Like, what was the decision-making there? Trust the kid. I can't deal with this anymore. I, I don't know. I think I'm going to grab another vodka. Bye. Uh, Scott Banksley with a uh, rather depressing uh, post, post-Patriots post uh, voicemail. I did a, a late-night drop uh, what I called the Know Nothing post-game show uh, when I got home from the game at 2 a.m. Uh, because it was, uh, you know, it was kind of distressing. And as uh, as Scott mentioned, I mean, he, his problem was with the coaching staff and you know, Josh McDaniel specifically. Um, I honestly, I, I you know, I, I didn't think it was nearly as bad, especially in hindsight. I didn't think his play calling wasn't was as bad as it has been. Uh, the first uh, three weeks of the season. But, um, you know, the question he asked, why don't you trust Mac? And it's it's accurate, you know. And, and Belichick since has stood by his decision. It, it wasn't really, you know, the decisions he gave, you know, or the explanation, I should say, wasn't something I, I was thrilled with. Um, it was basically, you know, we, we thought that was the best play. All right, well. What what do I I don't expect him to say? Oh gee, yeah, I fucked up. He's not going to say that. I mean, come on, that's it's, it's not going to happen. But it, it, you know, it's uh, it's it's troubling. I'm uh, they're going to steamroll Houston this weekend, or they should steamroll Houston this weekend. Uh, all you know, the big news today was letting Stefan Gilmore go. The more I read into that, was it was a cap thing. It was a money thing. They could have probably. Gone to some other folks to, to rework deals, but they didn't. And they went to him to try to do it. He basically told them to fuck off. And uh, they got a six-round pick for him, and he's gone to Carolina, which is good. I'm glad he went to Carolina and not to fucking Tampa or Kansas City or Green Bay, for that matter, even. But, you know, he's not getting a long-term deal with Carolina. It's going to be a make-do. Uh, not a make-do. That's not the right word, but a... Uh, a chance to to prove that he's healthy and a chance to play well and and then to get a free agent contract. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, the, the guy is a, is a magnificent football player, terrific player, and would be very, very useful here. But obviously there was a disconnect somewhere, and uh, money was probably part of it, but I'm guessing that there was more to it. As with all these things, there's more to it, and a lot of it's not reported. Um, but, you know, what can you do? It is what it is, really, at this point. So uh, thank you, Scott. Uh, please call back anytime. 
Hey, Dave, it's Dave here. Hope things are going great for you. Uh, I've got a comment and a question. No, I've got, what do I have for you? I've got a comment, I've got a question, and then I've got a complaint for you. First off, what's it going to take for me to not be associate producer anymore and get rid of the associate word? I just want to be producer. What's it going to take? That's all. And then comment or complaint, I should say. The Yankees and the Red Sox just both clinched a wild card spot. Both of them went to their clubhouses after the clinching a wildcard spot and fucking partied like they had just won the World Series. Champagne, the works, absolutely insane. They're literally celebrating to get to play one more game. I just don't get it. Both both teams are idiots for doing this. I it, it needs to stop. We need to put a stop to it. Some someone's got to say something. So just thought I'd complain because that's what you and I do here. And uh, I guess we'll leave it at that. Talk to you soon. AP Dave coming through with a voicemail. Thank you, as always, Dave. So uh, two things from Dave this week. <clears throat> a movie trailer review and uh, and a great, great complaint. To answer his question, how does he get to be a producer? Well, Dave, that's an excellent question. I really don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing that that would probably involve some technical uh, skills uh, from you and, you know, um, maybe some editing, maybe some, um, I, I really don't know. Adjusting levels, adjusting mic levels, <laughs> yelling at me to tell me to stop moving, uh, too close and too far from my microphone. Shit like that. Uh, I don't know. And that's a fair question. Like what the fuck does a podcast producer do other than edit? Huh. And edit and contribute. And you've already, the reason I use associate producer is because you contribute. So that part you've covered. But, you know, in terms of like technical stuff, I mean, I guess if you're, if you're really hung up on it and want to be called the producer of the show, I suppose I, I suppose I could call you that. I think associate producer is, is more accurate. And if we're being fair, you know, for if, if we're going for accuracy, I think that's probably the, the best way to to go about it. But I, I don't know if you uh, if you feel that strongly about it, uh, call again six one seven six five seven four seven three six. His second part, though, I felt the same way. Okay. I have been adamant that this wild card business in, in in baseball now is nothing more than a glorified game one sixty three for just two teams. Um, I I don't like calling it the playoffs, even though I mean technically it is, but I don't like calling it the playoffs because it's because it's not. It's a playoff, is what it is. There's no S. You know? Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, and then to, to fucking celebrate like that was, was what the fuck are you doing? I didn't even watch what they did last night, so I, I have no idea, but I'm going to assume it was the same fucking thing. And you're going to have people say, well, they worked hard all year to get to where they are. Where did they get to? They got to a, a, a one game winner take, you know, you can't even call it winner take all. What's there to take? 
you're moving on to the next round. Wait, no, you're not even that. You're moving on to the first round. So I understand Major League Baseball putting this in because it adds a little drama. And you saw that, you know, Fenway Park was fucking, you know, it hasn't been that crazy in that building for years. So, I mean, either the tickets were cheap or, you know, the everybody was drunk because it was, the, the building was, was electric. It felt like old time baseball again. I haven't had that in three fucking years since 2018. So, you know, I, I didn't, I, I'm with Dave. I didn't really, I didn't particularly care for it. Um, it was a little odd. I'm confused. Hold on. I'm, I'm answering a text in the middle of my show. Fucking A. Uh, but like, settle down. So, like, Heim Bloom, uh, after they clinch, he's in the locker room, right? Wearing a t-shirt, you know, built for October. That dumb shit. Um, Whatever the fucking current MLB licensed apparel is for your club. Like those sweatshirts they were wearing, they were all wearing last night. Fenway. Like, fuck off with that thing. Oh. Hideous. The Yankees one was even worse. The Bronx. All right, great. So it's another fucking geography lesson. Thank you. It's exactly what we need on, on sweatshirts that advertise baseball teams. Anyways, Heimblum, who I'm not the biggest fan of, like fucking nerds and dorks in baseball just drive me crazy. Um, he's standing there in the fucking clubhouse as if he's like, I don't know, the bullpen catcher or something. Uh, wearing the t-shirt, like some fucking stupid pair of gym shorts, no shoes, and uh, his Oakley goggles on his head, ready to go, just waiting for champagne. And look, you know, I get it. You work for the team. You want to be part of it. But, eh, no. Like, save the champagne for, like, a, you know, if, if you win the division series, fine. Uh, you're allowed to celebrate. But, I mean, honestly, the ball's out. Plastic in the clubhouse, you know, three dozen bottles of champagne, goggles and flip-flops and all that shit. Like, that's for, that's for the championship series. That's for the world series. Like, settle down. Settle the fuck down. You can, you can be happy. A lot of clapping. A lot of cheering. That's fine. It's good. But, I mean, Christ, the fucking manager should have been like, hey, this is step one, boys. We've got three steps to go. Settle down. All right? You want to go out and, and have a celebratory uh, dinner or, or bar crawl or whatever the fuck you guys want to do? Fine. Go at it. But, I mean, in here, we're going to keep it on the DL. Settle down. Wait till the next round. All right, as it is Thursday, it is time for three gripes. Uh, This show has gone long. Don't know how that happened. Maybe because I rambled about uh, nonsense for 40 minutes. But I went a little long. Hmm. Anyways, gripe number one, eating popcorn in the rain. 
uh, Sunday night, Foxborough at Gillette Stadium. The New England Patriots, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady's return, pouring rain. The weather fucking sucked. Uh, No ifs, ands, buts about it. We had to bust out the ponchos. Ponchos suck. (laughs) Those things are fucking terrible. They're, They're just so like big and flowy and plastic. Gross. Uh, anywho, multiple people in Foxborough that night, in the rain, were eating popcorn, including uh, a young lady that was sitting in front of me. Now, look, we're in section 8,000, uh, row 12,000. And so, you know, the weather typically is not that great up there anyway. It's usually a bit windy, a bit chilly. At altitude. (laughs) That's how high up we are, folks. Uh, But this young lady got a large popcorn. And I'm I'm just like, I'm baffled. Because, you know, your your hands are going to be soaked. It was raining. It wasn't like a drizzle or a mist or anything. It's raining. And so, you know, having my hands out, I'm getting wet. So... My hands are wet. Everything I'm touching is wet. Everything's wet. And this idiot is sitting there with a gigantic bucket of popcorn, and she's just fucking eating it. And, and I'm, I'm like, that cannot be good. When popcorn gets wet, it's no longer edible. There is literally zero uh, um, uh, you know, enjoyment that comes from eating wet popcorn. And this fucking sociopath ate the entire fucking bucket of popcorn. I mean, she ate the whole fucking thing. And the weird part is, there were a bunch of people that ordered popcorn. And so obviously, I'm thinking to myself, okay, obviously, they've uh, never experienced wet popcorn. Otherwise, they wouldn't have ordered it. Or they just don't care. And I'm leaning towards the latter. If they just don't care. It's almost like a, a hot dog eating contest where you dunk the bun in water and shove it into your mouth because that's that's about the same thing. It's fucking gross. I'll stand by that forever. It's not good. So random, honestly. Of all the random gripes I've ever had, that might that might be the fucking the most random of all the gripes. <clears throat> uh, gripe number two. People who do not know how to keep their mouths fucking shut at comedy shows. Last Thursday night, went to see Zane Lamprey. If you're not familiar with Zane Lamprey, he was the host of uh, two television programs. One, um... Drinking Made Easy, and Three Sheets. These were, you know, early 2000s programs, and and Zane traveled the world and traveled the country, uh, drinking in different places and talking about drinking cultures. I loved the shows. thought they were great. Um, So my uh, friends of the show, Vitamin C Brewing, out in Weymouth, Mass., uh, hosted Zane, 
And uh, I got on the waiting list. If you listened to the interview that I did with Dino, this particular uh, show came up and Dino suggested I get on the waiting list. I said, you know what, Dino, I will. I will. I was kind of angling, but not really angling. But uh, so I got on to the waiting list. And sure enough, uh, that morning, I get an email saying, hey, uh, you know, uh, tickets are available for, for the show tonight. Do you want in? Like, yeah, sure. So, you know, got the wife and she was excited. Well, I don't know if she was excited. She had no fucking clue who we were talking about, but I think she eventually enjoyed it. The warm-up act was this young man by the name of Nick Jerry. Um, comedian, you know, not... Uh, you know, I don't think he's... I don't think he's very well-known, if you will, but my guess is he's known in, like, West Coast comedy circles because he's from the West Coast. And he's up there, and he's, you know, he's telling jokes, and he's kind of funny, you know. And uh, there was a group of folks to his right. And they kept making comments and kept talking. uh, Where, you know, every time he would make a joke or say something, they felt the need to chime in as if they were part of the show. And now, you know, Nick Jerry, being a, a nice guy, kindly said to them, hey, you know, can, can you not do that? Like, you're, you're, you're kind of ruining my flow here. Um, you know, you're interrupting the punchline and this, that, and the other, but it didn't seem to matter. Good on Nick Jerry for just, uh, you know, powering through and ignoring them, uh, even though these fucking idiots, uh, these fucking rubes who, and it, it just... Either they've never been to a fucking comedy show or they're just assholes. And I think it's the latter. I think they were just fucking shitty people. Uh, But they kept fucking talking. And so, you know, he's like, look, um, I'm glad that you're here. Thank you for coming. But, you know, if you do this when, uh, you know, the headliner comes up, it's going to be a problem. And so, you know, he finishes what was basically the closer of his, because they fucking interrupted his closing joke, which, fuck, I mean, if I was up there, I would have spent 15 minutes hammering these fucking ugly assholes. But he was a professional, and he didn't. And he said, look, if you do this, when when Zane comes on, it's going to be a problem. So he finishes up, introduces Zane, Zane comes up, and what happens it didn't take long for these fucking troglodytes to start chirping for no reason. And so Zane was like, eventually says, hey, uh, that's strike one. In this game, you only get one strike. So if it happens again, you're out. Thankfully, they finally took the fucking hint and buttoned it up. But goddamn... It takes a special kind of shitty person to interrupt a comedian. It's a one on, you know, 250 situation here. You're not the one. So, you know, be an adult. Shut the fuck up. It's that simple. And even, you know, before the show, Dino was like, hey, don't fucking talk. Did they listen? No. And I was half hoping that somebody would go over and be like, hey, you know, somebody from the from the brewery would be like, look, please stop talking. 
It didn't happen. They took the they took the hint when when the headliner told them to be quiet. But honestly, fuck those people. Uh, gripe number three: lacking the ability to focus. My brain, <clears throat> okay, and and I'm I'm somewhat certain that this happens to a great number of people, and especially people my age. But there are some days where you know. I'm not able to fucking complete anything or do anything where I start something and don't finish it or I start something, forget what I was doing, start something else, forget what I was doing, start something else, forget what I was doing. Oh, and then eventually go back to that first thing and then completely forget about the second or third thing. I don't know what's going on. And I know it's an age thing, obviously, because as you get older, and I mentioned it earlier, one of the benefits of getting older is you're smarter. You learn more. You've Your brain starts to fill up. This is what I tell myself is that I've uh, taken in so much information and uh, have learned so many different things. None of it at all useful, but it's just taken up so much space in my brain that I no longer have the capability to, to finish uh, anything. It's awful. It is fucking terrible. And I've always heard, well, you know, if you exercise and you do this and eat right, uh, your brain will work more. Okay, well, I did that. Not, you know, not, I, I, I did, I was better at it. I lost a little bit of weight. I ate better. And I don't think that my brain or my focus improved any. And so, you know, I'm thinking to myself, oh, geez, do I have like fucking adult onset, you know, ADHD or some shit? Like, yeah, don't, don't fucking do that. But fuck, if you have any sort of um, thoughts or any suggestions, uh, let me know. Call the show, 617-657-4736. Call in. Let me know. Hey, try this. But please don't say, hey, ginkgo biloba. Let's not do that. It's, it's, it's an old wives' tale, if you will. Uh, but listen, I've kept you guys way too long, all five of you. I'm terribly sorry. Didn't have a fucking uh, guest, and this was still way too long. Um, but yeah, again, please call the show, 617-657-4736, 617-65-RIP-EM. Call in a complaint, an observation. Give me something. I'd love to hear from you. If you, if you listen to the show, even if you just call in and say, hey, Dave, my name is so-and-so, I listen to the show. Perfect. Love it. Uh, I have a website, Complaints and Observations. Oh, fuck. I have talked for an hour. I'm talked out. When you talk to yourself for an hour, it's a fucking grind. <laughs> I have a website. Complaintsandobservations.com. There's a blog on that website. Check it out. Try to do one uh, every Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, I have a Twitter page at ComplaintsPod. The Twitter page has been phenomenal. I enjoy the Twitter page. It allows me to be a little bit different on Twitter because I'm a, you know, not an actual person, not Dave LaPointe, even though I do have a Dave LaPointe. Twitter account, I tend to bounce back and forth and I curse way more on the complaints pod um, account, mainly because I curse so fucking much on the actual pod. I have a uh, an Instagram page, at complaints pod, where I've been uh, doing reels. I've done a couple of these with like a green screen thing. 
Nah, I, I kind of like it. It's fun. I have a YouTube page that I've done nothing with, but hopefully as we progress down the hashtag road to 100, uh, there'll be something, uh, you know, in my mind, in the works, hopefully for that 100th episode that does not include renting out a vets club. Um, I have a Facebook page, but today, more so than most days, fuck Facebook. Um, what else? Is that the last thing? Or, yeah, because I went YouTube, then Facebook, as opposed to Facebook, then YouTube. It's not something I typically do. Uh, you can send me an email, showmail at complaintsandobservations.com. If you have my number, give me a call, text me. Let's be friends. Let's hang out. Um, if you go into the game next week, or in fact, if you go into any home game for the rest of the year, uh, shoot me a message. Uh, I'll let you know where we're hanging out, where we're tailgating. be great. Um, yeah, be cool. But, uh, yeah, but that's it. Again, I've kept you way too fucking long. Good fucking grief. Wow. That's a long one. My, my deepest, deepest apologies. Hopefully you finished mowing the lawn or doing whatever it is that you were doing while you were listening to this trash. Um, thank you so much. Please, as always, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Oh, tell your friends, tell your moms. Ta-ta.